Food bloggers, hi, how are you today? Thank you so much for tuning in to the Eat Blog Talk podcast. This is the place for food bloggers to get information and inspiration to accelerate your blog's growth and ultimately help you to achieve your freedom, whether that's financial, personal, or professional. I'm Megan Porta, and I've been a food blogger for over 12 years. I understand how isolating food blogging can be at times. I'm on a mission to motivate, inspire, and most importantly, let each and every food blogger, including you, know that you are heard and supported. Do you either despise doing video or maybe you're avoiding doing video for your business or maybe you are doing video and just want some extra support and encouragement as you navigate this journey. You are going to love this episode with Shanika Graham-White from Orchids and Sweet Tea. She gives us so many great tips about how to incorporate videography into our businesses, why we should be doing it. She talks through some of her favorite equipment that she uses and recommends. And if you don't have the budget for it now, that's okay. Put it on your goal list and work toward it. The most important thing is to just get started with what you have, what you know, what's easy, what's in front of you. And dig into this world of video because, like I said, it's not going anywhere and there's no turning back. I hope you find so much value in this episode. Shanika delivers for sure. This is episode number 431, sponsored by Rank IQ. Hey, awesome food bloggers. Before we dig into this episode, I have a really quick favor to ask you. Go to your favorite podcast player, go to eBlog Talk, scroll down to the bottom where you see the ratings and review section. Leave eBlog Talk a five-star rating if you love this podcast and leave a great review. This will only benefit this podcast. It adds value. And I so very much appreciate your efforts with this. Thank you so much for doing this. Okay, now on to the episode. Content creator and recipe developer Shanika Graham-White is part kitchen ninja and connoisseur of interior decorating, hence her passion for beautifully staged food photos and videos. She is a self-taught cook and baker who has also partnered with top brands such as Ripple Foods, So Delicious Dairy Free, Whole Foods, Vitamix, California Olive Ranch, and more to be the source for comfort food and sweets with a healthy twist. She desires to help others turn the little that they have into something magical great food. On her blog, Orchids and Sweet Tea, you will find traditional dishes using organic ingredients as well as dairy-free, gluten-free, and vegan versions of your old and new favorites. Shanika, how are you today? Thanks for joining me on the podcast. Hi, Megan. Thank you so much for having me. I am great. Super excited to chat with you today about videography. I've been avoiding videography lately, <laughs> confession. So you will hopefully give me some inspiration. But before we get into all of that, what fun fact do you have to share with us? Okay, so I actually, this is one that I share with my audience a lot. So I grew up a major picky eater and one of like, probably like five things that I actually loved growing up eating was chicken wings. And it was so much so that like my nickname was actually Chicken Wing. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's a fun fact if people didn't know. <laughs> so at what point did your palate expand? How old were you? Oh my gosh. I think that started in like early preteens. So I, I want to say like 12 maybe. Okay. Yeah. I need hope because my boys are... I have a new 13-year-old in the house as of this weekend <laughs> and a 16-year-old, and they're very selective. 
And yeah. I've just been one of those parents who has not put pressure on them because that's just not their per- – like if I told them they had to eat something or couldn't eat whatever, mm-hmm. they, it would just – it would go south. It would be bad. Yeah, <laughs> so I've yeah. just kind of let it evolve. And so I need hope that things will change. Yes, yes. Honestly, I think it just started – I think at 12, it slightly started to shift. But like I want to say like high school really is when I really, really started expanding. And I think once they have friends that are trying different things or they just go out and about without the pressure, I think that just automatically changes it. Because I don't even know when that starting point was for me. But I think when I didn't feel the pressure, it's like that's when things kind of started opening up and I just felt more comfortable. So I think it does definitely shift. My son, he's eight and he's also a picky eater. And so I'm kind of in your boat except that he's younger and I'm doing the same thing, not really pressuring him as well because I had the same experience, but you do grow out of it. You do. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I feel that like, I know I'm doing the right thing, but then I do the comparison thing. Like we were just hanging out with some people who like their kids will eat anything. And I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) what have I done wrong? Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it does get better. It does. And I think it's, it's important to not like create that anxiety around it too. Cause I think that was one of the things growing up, like my parents weren't as educated about that. And so like they created a lot of anxiety for me trying to like force me to eat this or force me to eat that because, you know, at that time there wasn't as much information as there is now. So I definitely am, you know, giving you kudos for actually okay. like, Allowing them to branch out. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you, Shanika. If nothing else, I've gained that insight from yes. our chat, but I'm sure there's so much more. <laughs> Super appreciate all of that. And then, yeah, let's dig into videography. So do you want to just like talk about, I guess, tell us about your blog first. Yeah. So my blog is Orchids and Sweet Tea. And so it's basically a hub that I created for, it's kind of like a place where I try to fit everyone in. And I think, like I was saying, that mentions going back to starting off as a picky eater. And so I have a lot of family members too, although now I'm on like a healthier food journey, a lot of people aren't as open or receptive or, you know, you have to be a little bit more creative with some. So I kind of centered my blog around that as well. So I offer a lot of like dairy-free, vegan, gluten-free options. And even if I'm making like, let's say a chicken dish, I always give people that option for those options or like a meatless version. So I kind of create this like hub where I build around comfort food, but I give everyone the option of like, I guess, making it permeable to whatever their diet is or whatever their preference is. So that's kind of like just the gist. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. And then what is kind of your journey with videography and to tie into that, what where are we in the state of videography today? Oh my gosh. The, my journey to videography is quite interesting because I actually did not want to get into it. <laughs> so a lot of my, my followers know that I'm like a two-person team. So it's me and my husband who does this. And he's really more into the videography, editing, camera equipment type thing. He's a techie person of our family. And so he introduced it when... Videography really started becoming a thing into food blogging. I want to say maybe two, three years now when Rose kind of first started coming out. I was apprehensive to it because I just felt like it felt like a lot of work. 
you know, photography is already enough work. So I was just like apprehensive to trying. And then I think in like two years now, I've kind of started dabbling a little bit into reels. Then I think really last year is when I actually realized my love for it. And so where we are now with videography, I think there's kind of like no turning back. (laughs) So I know a lot of bloggers, fellow bloggers who are like still trying not to get into it. And I'm just like, you know, social media is unfortunately, that's where I think we're headed. And I don't think they'll ever kind of like turn it back to photography fully. Like it's going to be something that can't die. Photography is never going to be dead. But I think videography is just where the world is in terms of just consumption. Also, I think people just consume video because it's easier, it's quicker, it gets to the point. Some people are just more visual that way. So I think it's just here to stay. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that's probably something that not everyone wants to hear because I know a lot of people who are like (laughs) in that same boat that you were for a while and same here, me too. And just kind of resisting it and hoping, fingers crossed, that it would maybe disappear, go away, that it wouldn't be a thing anymore. But unfortunately, (laughs) that's not the case. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So if somebody listening or a lot of somebody's listening are in the boat where maybe they're resisting it or they just haven't dabbled a ton in videography yet, Mm -hmm. do you have tips for them to kind of get more on board with it? Yes. So I always say to start with, like, let's say it's a food blogger, start with the recipes and the content that you already have on your site and just create videos from those. I think that helps to kind of relieve the pressure of trying to create a whole new recipe or content and then also add video to that. If you already have it, I just think just starting with that and slowly practicing your way into getting comfortable into videography is like, a tip that I always say. I always also say investing in the right equipment. So as a food blogger, we, most of us will already have like most of it. So we'll have a tripod, we'll have like a very good camera that we use. But then with videography, there's also like the idea of having more than one camera because the way that videography is today, most people want kind of like several perspectives of food throughout. So if you have like, let's say two great cameras, that's a great start. Um, Having a C-stand is awesome. That's like to help with overhead shots so that you're not trying to like hold it. And that also keeps it stable and still. So I think things like that, that helps. I always also say prepping your ingredients helps for easy workflow. So how I do my stuff is like, usually I'll have everything kind of like in little rampings or in little bowls or everything is separated so that when I'm making my video, like there's no like really stopping. You can just kind of flow through because you can just go step by step by step, much like how people are following your instructions on like your recipes. So that's something I also say. And I think the other two things I'll say is like, don't be afraid to try several methods. I think a lot of people feel like when you head into videography, you're supposed to automatically know what you're doing. (laughs) And that's not always the case. I think you have to learn your style. You have to understand your audience's preferences in terms of like, do they like, like really quick transition shots? Or do they like you to just go straight through? Or, you know, like, I think understanding that you can actually try different methods and change it up whenever you see it's not working is fine. And then the last thing I think is just batching your content helps. Like I think as like recipe developers or food bloggers, 
we often think like if you just do one recipe per day, like that helps. But I think overall, if you batch your work, like let's say you can get two or three recipes done in a day with videography, like that definitely helps you. One, because if you're the only person, let's say you're the one that's doing the videography and then you're also the one that's editing, it keeps that kind of workflow and it prevents burnout. So I think like understanding batching your content also helps. Oh my gosh, those are such great tips. <laughs> I want to back up to a few of those and ask you a few more questions. So okay. about equipment, do you feel like using the setup that you talked about and like really investing in your equipment is important? Can someone start with their phone? What are your thoughts on all of that? Oh, that's the big debate, right? Because yes. <laughs> a lot of people are doing really great with their phones. So I won't say that having your phone isn't great. But I think it just depends on what your goals are, right? So a lot of people who have their phones, like they'll have like a phone stand or they'll have like a little tripod thingy and they can do great with that, especially if you're doing like front facing videos, you might can really do well with your phone. But if you don't want to do front facing videos and you're more so like, I'm just showing my hands, I think investing in just high quality equipment overall is great. I think also for longevity too, because I think as we see now, especially like, let's say we tie that into brand partnerships, like brands want to also see the professional side of like your content. And so I'm always a big proponent to like investing in equipment and making it super professional. But if that is not your preference and your audience likes you front facing and they kind of like more of a real raw thing, because that's usually like TikTok. If you're like on mostly yeah. on TikTok, then people don't mind you having your iPhone. But I think with Instagram, it kind of, I think people are shifting a little bit more into like investing in equipment and making it more professional. So it just depends on what platform you're really trying to grow on. And also I think it just depends on your long term goals. Do you feel like, I always think it shouldn't be a hang up. So if you you know, you want to get equipment, but you don't want to start until you have the equipment. That's kind of a hang up for getting started. So yeah, it's always best to just start. So you just like get started with what you have basically. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Start with something. Don't let it hold you back from experimenting. Yeah. And I loved what you said about just like experimenting with different methods you don't yeah. need to know what you're doing right away right. just start with something right <laughs> yeah yeah because you really evolve and you really yeah. learn as you go and you see what your audience really gravitates towards and I think that's the thing I think there's a lot of pressure because we're trying to like go viral or make sure that our content goes out there and it like does really well and like even if you know what you're doing like it's just I understood like the thing that I had to embrace was every rule will not do well <laughs> even if yeah. it's great content and understanding that I think is the biggest picture that I try to like the biggest thing that I try to tell bloggers like even if your reel does not do well does not mean that your content is not great it just means mm -hmm. that it could have been timing it could have been what you made it could have just been the algorithm like there's just so many different factors right so we just have to like take that pressure off and just again, experiment with different methods until we get comfortable with something. Do you have a recommendation as far as where to start or does that kind of depend as well? I think it depends. I think it really depends because again, every account and every blogger has a different audience. And I think as a food blogger, we kind of 
get a gist of our audience already with whatever content or whatever recipes we're creating. So I think it just really depends on like your audience, where you are, all of those factors. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about batching more. So I know Mm -hmm. like batching with food blogging in general is super helpful because we have so many different things that we get into and I don't know. I mean, I used to bat do like film filming batch days mm-hmm. and I found that just so helpful because as you know, it takes time to like put on makeup and like get dressed and something that we don't do every day. Well, yeah. we don't do every day. <laughs> so that alone is like, okay, as long as I'm dressed and looking nice and my hair's done, I'm going to get as much out of it as I can. Right. Yeah. So I love that you pulled that point out because I think for videography especially, yeah. that can be so helpful. And those days are tiring. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. I remember being <laughs> exhausted after those days. But yeah, it's super helpful to just like knock as much out as you can. Right. Yeah. And 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 my trick to that too, like I know that like you said, it's super tiring, but my trick to that too is also organizing my content for that day where it's not so terrible. So I have this thing of like, let's say I'm doing four recipes for a day and I'm going to do all videos. I try to make easy versus hard. So I'll have like maybe, let's say, for instance, two drinks in there. You might have an easy breakfast and then you'll have a dinner. I think the balance of making sure that you're not doing like four hard things (laughs) makes it better. So I always tell people to like organize your content to kind of balance out the easy with the hard so that it's not. It doesn't feel like it's like an entire day's worth of like super hard recipes to do. And then another trick that I always do as well is like two in ones or three in ones. So I say this like, let's say I'm doing a chicken and waffles recipe. I might literally do like, let's say it's fried chicken and waffles. I will do like a day where I'll do, okay, I'm going to do chicken and waffles. Then I'm just going to do the chicken recipe. And then I'm also just going to do the waffles recipe. Because, you know, now you're doing SEO. And so on your blog, a lot of times, sometimes we have like one thing, like the chicken, for instance, how to make fried chicken. And then you'll have like how to make buttermilk waffles. And then you'll literally have like chicken and waffles. And so if you do those three videos in one, it's kind of like it feels it doesn't feel as heavy and it doesn't feel as tiresome trying to do like three different types of recipes, if that makes sense. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. does make sense. I love that. I used to do the same too. Right. And it does require a little bit of forethought. Like you have to plan ahead of time, but it's so worth it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and then do you, so for your videography, you said your husband helps you. Do you guys just like do everything on your own? Do you have anyone who helps you like with dishes or cleanup or any portion of the video process? I wish. <laughs> I wish. No. no, it's literally just us two. Yeah. And then do you, is that something that you eventually want to outsource? I know that that can be a hang up as well. Like, I don't want to deal with the days full of dishes or I don't want to do the editing, you know? Yeah, that is something is I think more so, especially with the editing part, because that's kind of like the really super consuming side of it. We definitely do want to kind of outsource that eventually. But again, like we said before, like if you don't have the resources to do so, it's all about starting where you are and starting at your pace that you can do now until you can build your way into like hiring out and, you know, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And with editing, I know that a lot of tools and apps have popped up recently that are really like some of them are free. Some of them are super affordable and Mm -hmm. really easy to use. So like your whole message is like start 
with what you know or what what's in front of you. So you could start with like InShot or I know there's like CapCut or a few other ones that are easy that you could just use on your phone. So starting there might be a good option. Right. Hello, my favorite people. Let's chat quick about some ways eBlog Talk can help you ditch the overwhelm, manage your time, feel connected, and prioritize that seemingly never-ending stream of tasks, platforms, and algorithm changes we're faced with. The eBlog Talk Mastermind program is our signature offering and the best investment you will make in your blogging business. This is a transformative 12-month experience that will help you achieve your goals faster than you ever thought possible. Join the waitlist for 2024 groups. Go to eblogtalk.com forward slash mastermind to get in on that. If the mastermind program is on your dream board, but you aren't quite ready to make that investment in your business yet, the next perfect step for you might be the Eat Blog Talk Mini Minds. This six-month program is designed to help you achieve your goals and overcome any obstacles that may be holding you back so you can experience the freedoms you're yearning for. Join the waitlist for groups starting in Q4 of 2023 at eatblogtalk.com forward slash mini minds. And if you are ready to learn, grow, and build relationships in person, join me and a handful of your fellow food bloggers at an upcoming Eat Blog Talk retreat. This is a great opportunity to convene in an intimate setting to learn, collaborate, and connect. These retreats involve mastermind-style peer-to-peer collaboration and are incredibly powerful and fun experiences. Go to eblogtalk.com forward slash retreat. To get information about all eBlog Talk services, go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash services, eatblogtalk.com forward slash services. Now back to the episode. So do you have like a bare bones, like editing equipment and then a more like beefed up recommendation list for bloggers, like a goal kind of goals for future videography? Yes, I do. So in terms of equipment, I definitely recommend first off is getting a hard drive. And I know a lot of bloggers probably have one, especially with photography, but videography definitely takes up a ton of space. And so I definitely recommend like a large memory space, like in the terabytes range, because videos, especially if you have like a 4K camera, that takes up a ton of space. I definitely recommend purchasing like a 4K capable camera. If you don't have one, I had like a Mark IV with photography and I think most bloggers have that. And so having that is great. And like I was saying before as well, like if you have more than one camera, it's even better. So that's like a great place to start. Like I was saying before, like a tripod, most of us have. So you should have that. A C-stand, which is great for overhead shots. I think that's important. And I know a lot of people, especially food bloggers, because I used to do my photography in like natural sunlight. But for videography, it is so important to invest in artificial lighting. Oh, yes. Yeah. And even if you have great sunlight, it's still great to have that because there's a light that I use called aperture light. And that really helps to give you continuous light throughout and keeps your videos even. So I think that is like something that is super important to invest in. And then there's like having a monitor or like a laptop of some sort so that you can kind of see your process as you're doing it. Especially if you're a one person team, like that definitely helps you to make sure you're staying in focus, that you're like the shot is how you want it to be, that sort of thing. And then when it comes to beefing it up, like you can do advanced professional lenses, 
which like as photographers, we often have like really great lenses, like a macro lens or, you know, like a 50 mm. But like there's other professional lens, like for people who really are trying to get out into like the professional videography that does so many different captures, so many different perspectives, does so many different angles. And then last but not least, like the video software tools, I use Final Cut Pro. And then there's also like Adobe, but then you were saying also there's like free apps that people can use as well. So I think like there's just so many different ranges and options that people can do. And again, you start where you are and then you work your way as you grow. I love that you mentioned the artificial lighting. Yeah. <laughs> when I first started doing video, I had somebody come in and help me do the filming and she did the editing. And I used natural lighting and yeah. I just remember like the same video it would be like really bright and then the next frame would be like shade you know, like yeah. a cloud came through or something <laughs> so we never nailed the artificial lighting we never even tried it but that would have been so helpful yeah and the great thing about the aperture light is that it has many different like lighting grades and so you can make it look like natural sunlight Oh. Yeah, so oh. it's it's a little bit more expensive, but it's because it has so many different ranges that you can do in lighting. And that's the one that I always recommend in case people want to do like more moody, they want to do more sunlight, natural sunlight-ish, or they want to go brighter. Like I think it's great to just have that range. But yeah, I think investing in artificial lighting is something that's super important. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I love that you're just kind of giving a range of options for people to like put on their goal list. I know a lot of us food bloggers have that list, like things we want that yeah. we don't necessarily have now, but right. you know, <laughs> they can happen down the road. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, but don't let anything keep you from getting started. Just get started and experiment. Um, what? Oh, I had a question about the like hands in pan style video. Do you think that's mm -hmm. still a thing or not like the whole process, you know, like putting together the recipe? Yes. I want to say yes and no. And I say that because I do it, but I don't think the traditional way is still popular. I think if you're doing just your hands and pens, like people want to see, like I was saying before, like different perspectives and different angles. So I think, yeah, just like the overhead straight shot of just doing it from start to finish is dead, but I think you definitely can use your hands and pens kind of method and switch it up and create different, you know, zoom ins and doing like, I think the transitions are really what captures people today in videography. So it's yes and no, but you just have to be okay. way more creative. Yeah. <laughs> right. And that kind of leads to how do we film video so that we're keeping all of the platforms in mind? Because there's obviously the blog that you want your video to be on, but then there's TikTok that's more like raw and real and Instagram that has a different flavor. So how do we do all of that <laughs> at once? Or do you do it multiple times? Honestly, I do it once. And that's a risk because some people are like, you know, because again, like you were saying, every platform is different and the audiences are different. And I thought at first that I, at first I was trying to do like TikTok videos different than for Instagram and for the blog. And then one, it created more burnout because it just felt like, man, you have to do like one recipe twice. And then two, I just realized like when I started just taking the reels that I did for Instagram and just putting them onto TikTok, 
your audience does find you. I think you just have to realize that like your audience can be similar on all platforms, regardless of the fact that you think they're not. I think you just have to, again, like your videos have to be so creative that it draws the same audience on each platform. So I think you don't have to, you don't definitely don't have to, because it's, it's a lot of work to try to do different videos for each thing. But yeah, I think if you just make your videos as captivating as you can, or as creative as you can, you'll find your audience on each platform. Now, if you're doing YouTube, obviously that's a different orientation. So either way, you have to kind of do that twice. Yeah. Yeah. But for the ones that are all vertical, like you can use the same video. Okay. I just have a picture in my mind. Because <laughs> when I was doing video, like it was pretty straightforward, like hands and pans. Mm. And that's all we did really. And then we would put that same video on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't on TikTok then, or maybe it wasn't a thing. And then the blog as well. And YouTube, but now it's like I feel like I would be running around like a crazy person trying <laughs> to like cook the food and be presentable and yeah. film with all of these different styles. So you're saying just like do something and then like spread it out amongst yeah. the platforms. Yeah. And yeah. your audience will find you, trust me. Your yeah. audience will find you. Yeah. <laughs> And it seems like Instagram right now, the videos or the reels that do really well are just really short, kind of like hero shots. So you you will likely be able to pull something from what you've filmed, you know, and use it and repurpose it there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the other things that I also say with videography, making sure that you actually record the entire process. And so Mm -hmm. although like reels and videos are technically just seconds, Having the entire process actually, like for one, like you said, like even if you wanted to do a different video for TikTok versus Instagram, you have an entire process so you can edit one portion for Instagram and one portion for TikTok versus having to do the recipe twice. And so, yeah. And then it also just creates more of a seamless editing experience anyway. So I always tell people record the entire process, even if like 70% of it won't be in the video but it's just great to have that footage because you just never know when you want to just either manipulate it and do a second video for a different platform or if you wanted to even repurpose it because also reposting is a thing and I think most people don't realize that but you can repost your content you don't have to like always make new content but it's just about Mm -hmm. timing and just again the experience of how you edit the video and maybe having that footage like some other trend will evolve in the yeah. future where you go back and you're like, oh, that didn't apply then, but now it applies so I can use it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How do you manage all of this? Just adding a video component to your whole workflow, is that overwhelming? Do you have any tips for that? At first it was overwhelming, but I created a system. So how I usually do it is like I will write down the recipes that I'll do for today. So let's say I do like two. I actually do photography and videography at the same time. (laughs) And so I think because I have like, I do like, I use like usually two to three cameras. And so I will literally like, like you said, it's kind of like planning. You have to map it out in your head. So if I'm doing like a chicken recipe, I will literally do like how we usually do it for the blog. We show all the ingredients and then you kind of do step by step. So in between like 
doing a video, I would say, okay, let's say I put all the ingredients together with the chicken, I seasoned it, then I'll stop the video and then I'll switch over into photography and then take that picture and then switch back over into videography. So it sounds super complicated, but it actually is, it makes it seamless as you continue to do it. So it's with practice. I think it has created like a really super seamless system for me. It also prevents you from having to, again, do it twice because doing it twice really is like a ton of work. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The thought of having to do the exact same thing twice, like it keeps me on task for sure, even if it's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I did have those days, but I had, like I said, I, I had somebody coming and helping and she was awesome. She used to map out like storyboards for what we were filming, which was super helpful because we could just both like oh, we can't forget that shot or whatever. Right, and yeah. it just kept us on track, and that took her extra time, obviously, but it was, it was so worth it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was so helpful. <laughs> yeah, what are we missing? So is there anything else that you feel like food bloggers should know if they're struggling with this or if they're getting start, just getting started or maybe not started yet? I mean, honestly, the only bit of, like, inspiration that I can give – just outside of all the equipment and all that stuff is just understanding like going at your own pace. I think that is like probably the number one thing that puts so much pressure on food bloggers and that really creates a lot of the burnout is trying to keep up with what everyone else is doing and the frequency at which they're going. There are people who put out videos daily, sometimes twice a day. But I think you have to understand one, the type of videos that you are putting out And two, that you can go at your own pace, much like when we do blogs. A lot of some bloggers post five new recipes a week, and then some do just two. Mm. Understanding that that same thing can apply to videos is not always about the quantity of the videos that you do. It's just the quality. And so like, there are some people who do two videos per week and still grow super fast. Again, I think it's just focusing on what pace can you do and just making sure that every video that you create is just really high quality and it really makes you proud. And I think that is that is what will help you grow. It's not about the amount of videos that you can do. Because some people who do two a day, they might be doing something easy like hacks. <laughs> That's totally different than being able to do two recipes. So I think, yeah, just not comparing yourself and just knowing that you can go at your own pace is like my little tidbit. Yeah. Shanika just gave you permission to go at your own (laughs) pace, not look at who's next to you and what they're doing. And then what platforms do you feel like are the most important ones that you should absolutely dive into if you are creating video? Okay. So I think this also depends on your business. But for me personally, I think Instagram is like my number one. And I say that because I think that's where most brands head to. So if you're thinking about brand partnerships and you want to partner with brands and do create content for brands, I think making sure that your Instagram is like your main and your most important driving one is important because that's usually where they go first. It's kind of like your resume. And then I think TikTok is also important because brands are kind of trying to head over into that as well. But I think TikTok is a little bit more of a learning curve. And so if you already started with TikTok when everybody else was kind of swarming towards it last year, then great. But if you're new to it, then I think just taking your time and figuring that out is cool. 
And then I think also with video, YouTube. I think YouTube isn't going anywhere. And so if you're thinking about it or you want to do it, I think YouTube is like another channel in which you should go to, especially for SEO. If you think of those three main platforms, like that is what is also showing up in search engine now. So those also go hand in hand with SEO. And so I think, yeah, those are like my three. And if somebody feels intimidated by YouTube and doing the long format there, would YouTube Shorts be a good place to start on that? Oh, yeah, for sure. I've seen accounts that actually grow just off of YouTube Shorts. (laughs) So again, it's starting where you are and just doing what you can. But yeah, people have done Shorts and that has grown their account and that's fine. Yeah. Okay. I don't know much about Shorts. I know I've heard people (laughs) say that they've gotten really fast traction just by posting these really, really short shorts, and, like they get tons of engagement and just feedback and all of that. So why not? Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. So to kind of sum up, like Shanika is saying, just get started. Video is not going anywhere. So get on board, even if it's just on a minimal level, just do what you can. Don't let anything hold you back, including equipment or the platforms, try several methods, try experimenting, batching, and yeah, just get started with it, right, Shanika? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Literally. Yes. All right. Well, thank you. This was so fun. Thank you for joining me today and giving us all of this great info about videography. Of course. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Do you have either a favorite quote or words of inspiration to leave us with today? Yes. So one of my favorite quotes is by Steve Jobs. And he said that innovation distinguishes between a leader and a follower. And so basically, it's just saying that it's like super easy, as we know, to like jump on all the bandwagons and follow what everyone else is doing. But like a true leader actually thinks outside the box and they set a new standard for like what is to be done. Yeah. And so that's like my thing that I put in terms of just content creation and videography, like It's, again, not trying to do the trends and not being so stressed out about trying to follow what other bloggers are doing, just creating your own space, your own lane. And again, your audience will find you and people will appreciate it because there's just so much content. It's it's oversaturated, as we know. And so the only way to stand out is to be different. And yeah. (laughs) I love that. So true. (laughs) We'll put together a show notes page for you, Shanika. So if anyone wants to go look at those, you can go to eblogtalk.com forward slash orchids and sweet tea. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you, Shanika? Okay. So the main place you can find me is on my website. So that's orchidsandsweettea.com. And then I am also on Instagram, which is orchids, the letter N, sweet tea underscore. And then you can also find me on like Facebook, TikTok, and Pinterest. And they're all like the same (laughs) username. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for being here. And thank you for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Eat Blog Talk. Please share this episode with a friend who would benefit from tuning in. I will see you next time.